On your Gaydar discussing all things LGBT, be sure to follow us on social media. It's at On Your Gaydar across all socials. Hello and welcome to On Your Gaydar episode number seven. I'm so gassed for this episode. We are joined by the one, the only, Carter the Bandit. Hey. <laughs> Of course, Sherelle is on the line as well, every single episode. Sherelle, you there? You good? Hello, my darling. (laughs) So, Carter, how are you finding the lockdown? How are you? Um... I'm finding the lockdown... Do you know what the thing is? I stay in my house anyways, like, I don't go nowhere. But I'm finding it all right, but I think it's kind of getting to me now because it's starting to get hot outside. About you don't go anywhere. I see you out every single time I go out. Yeah, I go clubbing, but I don't go like, um, like, so like for example, if I wanted to go, if my friends wanted to go out like on a normal day, I'd be like, oh no, I'm staying in my house. Okay, okay, <laughs> I got you. So yeah, it must not really be bothering you that much then, to be fair. No, not really. It's only just that, obviously, I have to be careful if I go out and stuff. And obviously, we can't, we're not really meant to go nowhere in the first place, but it's like, it's hot now. So it's like, yeah, yeah. the weather is banging. Yeah. I've been sunbathing all day. Yeah, I even got like a garden like that. I have to generally go <laughs> to the park. <laughs> oh yeah, that's long. That's long. Um, so anyone that comes on the yeah. podcast, we first just start with an introduction about you. So how did you come out, etc. I came out like mom asked me, maybe when I was around like what fifteen or sixteen, one or two, and um, we had a conversation about it, and then from there she asked me if I was gay. I was just like, yeah, and then everything was fine. Like it's just weird. Obviously, I don't really have a relationship with my dad too tough. But like my dad's had the family, everyone was all fine as well. That's amazing. That's so good. So the reason why most people know you on the scene is because, yeah, you are the baddest dancer I have ever seen. Despite man, <laughs> woman, girl, like whatever, you are the baddest dancer I have ever seen in my life. Thank I will definitely second that. Those peaches, oh my God, I wish I had them. <laughs> and the thing is, yeah, so I remember I came around your house with my brother, like before a night out, and you practice as well. Yeah, I, I always, always. What are you talking about, Kaylee? So do we. We shook her little ass in the mirror before we go out. No, Sherelle, when I say practice, he was doing like stretches and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was living for it. Literally, I go through that whole procedure all the time. Wow. <laughs> okay, so talk me through the procedure before a night out. For anyone that don't know, before your night out and you're going to go shake a leg, what is your warming up procedure? My warming up procedure before I go out would be, like, if, I have, if I've got an outfit in my mind, I'll put the outfit on and then I'll dance in it. Or, like, I just have to make sure that if the clothes that I wear is more, like, obviously good enough for me to dance in the clubs and stuff. So I'll probably, like, have a few drinks with my friends, smoke... And then, yeah, just dance most of the night before we go out. And then we'll sit down probably 10 minutes before we order the cab. And then we're on our way. I love that. So, again, um, you're well known for dancing. When did you start? ever start, like, dancing in the first place? I started dancing. Dance. I've danced all my life, basically. So I started dancing probably 2000 and... What was it maybe 2000 and hmm, I don't know long well, basically like what well, I would say maybe from the age of eight or something because I went to like a um, art school kind of thing that were going on the weekends and then from there I went on to dancing like 
at college, I, st I studied dance for a year. So I've done jazz, ballet, contemporary, and choreography. Wow. Yeah, at Lucian College. Isn't ballet, and like, really, like, strict? Like, you have to be really disciplined within yeah. yourself? Yeah, it is, you know. Like, I that's why I literally studied it for a year. After that, I was like, okay, now I'm done with this. Yeah, I don't think I could do ballet. I'll be like, don't tell me what to do. Yeah, like, they're <laughs> real strict in there. Yeah, I I went on to dancing in central London. Like, I used to busk on the corner of the streets. Really? Oh, wow. How was that? Yeah. That was, it was good. It was fun. I would say it was fun. I wasn't used to it at first because I'm just like, okay, like, I usually see people doing it. But um, when you hear the music and stuff and, like, obviously you see the crowds and reactions and stuff, it's a bit more, it's, it's more good because I was doing um, house and um, Afro beats at the time. I wasn't okay, doing Okay, yeah, because now it's mainly bashment. And it's interesting because I didn't realise, so you're an actual trained dancer. Like, this wasn't born in the clubs. You're an actual dancer. Yeah. That's mad. So what was the point that you started to take it professionally? Because obviously you dance on stage at Urban World. I've seen you also dance with Lisa Mercedes on stage in Nightingales. Yeah, it was good. So when did you start to take it professionally? Um, with the bashment and the dance school, I started taking it professionally probably five years ago now. So this year will be five years I've been dancing like to bashment and um, dance school. Would you ever consider doing like a YouTube channel? Like to teach others how to dance? I have a YouTube channel, but I haven't thought of like, obviously I have like little things that I would put on there, like talk times and stuff. So for that platform, I was more going to use it more to do more talking yeah. on Instagram. Um, I usually everyone just usually sees my back and me dancing yeah. and stuff like that so i might do like tutorials on there like once i start to kind of get mm -hmm, more of the following yeah. in oh my gosh if you done dance lessons yeah i would be there every single week what are you if you did dance lessons on youtube <laughs> i would be a professional dancer after lockdown <laughs> literally like i used to teach classes in um like elephant and castle but then only like it's only kind of like a accessible for people that obviously live in like what, south or like in london so i'm trying to um find a way to like find different in different cities obviously if there's like studios there like even in birmingham as well wow i think that's a brilliant idea the thing is so Cheryl, like we do dance this is the thing like when we go out yeah we shake a leg all night long like we can twerk we can do all that but when i say carter the bandit you are doing some next shit some next shit that's what i want to learn i want to learn how to go up on my head everything yeah like even that like i the thing is how i got introduced into the whole twerking thing was like i met um my friend tash and he the he basically brought me around like some of the other gays as well who usually like do the twerking and all of these things but at first I wasn't really not that I wasn't into it I just never like it's not I never understood it I just didn't think that I would end up taking it in like to something so serious like this now like obviously before this I used to like tag artists I still tag artists now when I do like the videos and stuff because I feel like it's recognition because it's usually known in like for doing it in America like it's never really any black boys in London that would really go that ham like to tag artists and stuff yeah a thousand percent and what's the reaction being like to you like tagging artists and being shared and all that 
the, re the reaction is like, it's, you know, the thing is, at first it wasn't, I don't feel like people took it seriously, obviously, because they're probably just thinking, oh, he just dances in his underwear, and it's just, obviously, for people to, like, try and talk to him, or whatever, whatnot, but, like, I feel like, as soon as I start getting, like, posted by artists and stuff, it kind of makes me feel like, okay, cool, so there is some sort of recognition being, ha like, happening, because I'm basically, like, one of the only Londoners on the pages, like, that's being reposted and stuff. I feel like it's more, it's easier to get onto American, like, people's story than it is for the UK. Like, I don't really feel like UK people really support their own artists. Not artists, I mean, like, their people. I don't feel like they support them at all, to be honest. Like, don't get me wrong, like, obviously there's been London artists like Miss Banks, Nadia Rose, Ivor Rindol, um, Lisa Mercedes. They're, like, the main artists and um, Alakai Harley as well. She's been another one that's kind of... I love her. Yeah, I literally danced for her in... Maybe two years ago, I danced for her at Pride. I was one of her dancers for the um, UK Black Pride. I think that's when I first started following you, when you was on the stage and you was dancing. And I was I was so drunk. I was just like, oh, wait, no, we're dancing. And then I was trying to imitate what you were doing. And I elbowed somebody, and then we had an argument. It was, it was great. It was a great weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like, I think it's kind of like, I never expected to get the amount of, like, um, celebrities to reply back that I could obviously get. But even having, like, even Spice comment on videos and stuff as well, that kind of made me a bit more like, okay, cool, I'm definitely yeah. doing the right thing. It's sick that Spice has commented as well, because obviously there's a bit of a stigma around um, LGBT and Jamaican artists, etc. So for Spice to comment, how did that yeah. feel? That felt good, like, it, it felt, it, I'm, I was excited to be honest, because, like, I listen to all her music, like, she does play a big part in the whole, like, thing of me dancing and stuff like that, because I use most of her tunes Definitely. as well. Definitely. And how did it come about, you dancing on stage with Alakai Harley? How did that happen? So, what happened was, a month before I danced on stage with Alakai Harley, my friend had basically told us about a tune, like, that she had made, which was the Nardan tune. And then um, we made like a routine, like me, Tash, and my other friend. And we basically, um, what do you do? We made a routine, it was like hot, it was around summertime. And then probably on June the 8th, we made a routine to it. And then a month later, she needed dancers to go on stage with her for the um, Black Pride event. So then we was, all, all three of us was there and we had the routine already set out. So then we ended up getting on stage with her. That is amazing. That is so sick, man. It's nice to see, like, people taking you serious and showing that you're doing it yeah. as a profession. Like, the amount of man that is just out dancing for free and you're on stage just doing your thing. Like, it's, it's so true. sick. Get your guap for doing whatever you want to do. Yeah, literally. <laughs> best way forward. Literally. I wish I, yeah. Could, like, I like, when I go out, I like to dance. Sometimes I like to be yeah. in the centre of dancing. Yeah. But like, I don't know, I, I feel like I should get paid for that too because the morning <laughs> after, my legs and my back and my arms, it's all in pain. I need some compensation. <laughs> yeah, it's the same for me as well. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, does it hurt the day after? The day after, like, it depends on how much we really drink, to be honest, because like when we go out, especially if it's a really good night, we get really drunk. So like, for example, the night that we went to Scala, I was overly drunk, like ridiculous drunk. We had gone through like two bottles behind the stage. So I was like, okay, like this is, I, there's days where I get like, when I have like basically bookings and stuff and I get drunk and stuff, I would say it's, it 
the next day he does kind of be like what the hell <laughs> yeah i couldn't imagine because of i've like i used to do the splits in clubs yeah i used to do it but then i always found the day after that i was just aching too much and now i'm just like nah not doing it allow it i can't do it yeah like i get like that sometimes <laughs> no you need to see katie split <laughs> <laughs> Um, definitely on the recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> so where does the confidence come from to dance on stage and do all that? Confidence. I feel like the confidence just comes from the music to be honest and like who I am as a person in, in like in general. Like I'm really actually like bubbly. So when I hear music and stuff, it just takes me to a different place. Like especially dance hall and just even though obviously the lyrics ain't always A1, it's like just the whole beat and the rhythm of the tune and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, and you can see it whenever you dance. So, um, just asking out of curiosity, obviously the videos that you post is you dancing, you shaking a leg, sometimes in your boxers. Yeah. And Sherelle brought this up to me as an interesting question to ask you. How does that impact your relationships? Um, this is the thing, I've only been in one relationship before and that was probably when I was like, what, 17? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm 23 now. Wow. Like, obviously, there's times where I do dancing clothes, but I'm more comfortable dancing in, like, my underwear when I'm at home and stuff. It's just generally how I am. Yeah, like, I think it probably gives me a bit of a persona, but at the same time, like, it, I don't really feel like you sh I should be kind of judging, obviously, me wearing, like, my underwear and stuff to how I would be in a relationship because I just know myself. But... It is what it is, really. If you don't like it, then you don't have to really put up with it. I don't mind being alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? You've done it till you've done it from seventeen till now. Like, and look at how good. Look at what you're doing with your life. Like, you like people. People love you. <laughs> like, the tune in to like go on your page. Look at your booty. Like. You don't need a man to define you. No, literally. Like, I will <laughs> obviously take things into consideration, like, but I, I, won't mm -hmm. cha I wouldn't change myself for something, like, for someone. Like, I would I, yeah. would I would work on it, but I just wouldn't change myself because I'm always going to be me regardless. That's the only person you can be. <laughs> That's so important. Yeah. Exactly. And they know what they're getting into. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's not like you don't know. You you see it everywhere everyone sees it as for like the social media side though like to the messages i get and stuff i think that's i think that's more what i also think about as well like if i was to get in a relationship like i don't want the person that i'm with to feel like they have to feel like overly um yeah sensitive or protective because of the messages i get and stuff or the comments that i get because it's not taken like that like, like they, they can write what they're writing but it's just not that yeah, yeah i get that yeah can you imagine your dms are popping uh... listen i don't even want to think about it it will make me sad <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say no though <laughs> 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 oh, that gives me life um now another question do you feel yeah. pressure when you go out to always make sure that you're dancing your best? So if you're just like a night out, a normal night out, and you can't really yeah. be bothered, do you feel like, no, you have to dance your very best at all times? There's times where if I'm tired, I laugh it off kind of thing, like I'll do a move and I'll laugh at myself to make it seem like I'm obviously like not tired. But there's times where I'm tired and I don't want to dance, but I'm like, I'm not about to go down like this. Like no one's about to see me like <laughs> sweat. Or if, it's that, if that's the case, then I'll run straight to the bathroom, catch a breather. And in the next few seconds, I'm back again. <laughs> <laughs> what I don't get is how long you last. Because, yeah, when I'm dancing, I can do about 
three quarters of a song and then I'm out of breath. I'm like, I can't do the full song. I've had enough, but you'll be on there for hours. hours. Yeah, I you can't know. even make it through half a song. I can't. I can't even make it basically throughout most of the tunes the only thing is though is like obviously when you get really drunk i do kind of run out of breath a lot so I, I think my next thing to do will be to have like a bottle of water on stage with me instead of just alcohol <laughs> literally <laughs> like i feel like the hours the hours that we dance for are long yeah. but i think in my head I, feel, I don't feel like i'm dancing for that long but then when i really do look at it i'm like oh shit like i'm really like dancing for oh, ages wow. now have you ever had like a bad experience not a bad experience but like a kind of experience where you just felt like you didn't want to be there like you've gone to do like to an event and you just you just feel like i don't even want to be here i don't really like anybody here and i just don't want to be here yeah like um i had a performance on new year's for like a, one of yeah. the clubs and that yeah it was time for me to perform but like everyone was it was just bare like like I'm not, I don't have an issue with lesbians, but like when it comes to like studs and stuff, they're a bit too like, especially when they see you dancing, they're a bit too grabby, grabby. So like, I do you know what I get? The, I get it with the gay men. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they do that to me. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, it's a bit too much. Like the last performance I had, which was on the New Year's one, that was a bit. It was like, okay, right, let me perform this go home because it's really and truly it's getting a bit too much now. So I literally performed the yeah. home. Then there was one yeah. event I had for Lisa Mercedes and it was just bare yardies in there. And in the end, we just never even danced on the stage. Serious? Yeah, like it was just bare. It was like a Jamaican event. I think it was um, Stylo G's headliner event. Oh my gosh. And and why didn't you end up performing? Was they just worried? It was just bare Jamaicans and like bare man in there and stuff. And it just didn't seem like the right environment. Like felt like something would happen. Oh wow. That's such a shame. Yeah, but I've other than that, the other performances I've had, like I had two performances for Lisa Mercedes. We danced in Birmingham twice. One at the yes. Nightingales, and then I think the next one was at the Nightingales as well. To be honest, but um, there were two different events. I think it was um, where is it? I think there was a, one event that was before the Birmingham Pride event, and then the Birmingham Pride event. Yeah. Yeah, because I was DJing at that one that you was dancing at. Oh, okay. Yeah, so my set was just after you finished. Oh my gosh, you should have DJed for her because they, they gave her this, um, some some other DJ. He was, like, old and, like, he didn't know what bashment was or anything. Like, literally, we asked him and he didn't know what bashment was or dance school. They had to end up, like, connecting. I think they ended up having to download her music and all those things why, this, why she was oh. meant to go on. It was just, <gasps> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's mad. Now, bringing it back to the point that you just meant about um, you performing with Lisa Mercedes yeah. and you couldn't go out, do you feel like there's, not that it's holding you back, but do you, do you ever worry about being a gay man that dances? Um, I did before. Before, like, even, even before performing for artists, I did worry about it before. But now it's just like... Because I'm getting paid for it and I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, no one can't tell me otherwise. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Do you know what? It's interesting because it weren't until I moved to London mm. and I started going out in London. Yeah. And yeah. the way that black gay men dance is incredible. 
Yeah, we never seen that in Birmingham. When we came to London, I was like, what? Yeah, you don't you don't really see it. Like people bust a little wine in Birmingham. Like yeah. we, we wine, we, we like we twerk. Yeah. But when I first ever stepped into Bootylicious <gasps> and everyone was on the floor jumping our stuff into the split. Yeah, we do the most in booty. <laughs> you do the most. Like it's mad. <laughs> <laughs> literally like i came to um i think it was on the birmingham pride i went with my friend tash to urban urban is it urban slag urban slag yeah yeah we went there and do you know it was my first time i did enjoy it i did but i didn't feel like everyone was dancing dancing like i just felt like it was more everyone's like vibes in this club to go to and stuff i don't know like how it usually is but that day that i went on the pride it was like i felt like i saw bare londoners there yeah do you know what though that is <laughs> when i first started going out in birmingham and going to urban slag like urban slag could be the one that we dance the most but then if yeah. you go again if you go to london and you go to urban world or especially bootylicious like you can't compare the two so you coming from london to birmingham you would think oh this isn't dancing what are you doing yeah, like when I got there, I thought it was going to be a bit more like, well, to be honest, I thought I was just going to see bare Birmingham people. And then when I got there and I saw bare, like, Londoners, I thought, oh, like, I'm going yeah, to see a different vibe. <laughs> so it's basically the same. Yeah, that's because it was pride. <laughs> yeah, like, I thought I got away from the Londoners and then... No, no. But then they were there. I'm telling you, yeah. Londoners, they love Brummies. As much as the Cossa accent, yeah, they love her. I agree. Yeah, I love you lot's accents, to be honest. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and when you go out, yeah, and you dance, do you feel like, yeah. do you think you have a lot of people trying to compete with you? Because that's what I've noticed in London, you all like kind of compete when you're dancing. Yeah, there is competition. There, there, I, I feel like there's competition when, when we dance in the clubs. Like the, you can feel it. Like I feel like just you can really feel it, especially when there's like someone that's, don't get me wrong, like everyone's good in there, got their own like specialties or whatever. But like, I feel like there's people that will go harder than the other. Just to kind of like show, yeah, like I'm here as well kind of thing. Yeah, they do. So like, what's your speciality? I would say, yeah, head top, more my speciality. Like, I'm all around head top. That is it, like, literally. And maybe just a bit of flexibility as well, but mostly head top. Yeah, you're definitely always on your head top. It is mad how much people compete, <laughs> though. Like, it's it's crazy. And you can see in their face, isn't it, how serious people are taking it? Yeah, yeah. it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's definitely in the face. It's in the whole approach of things as well, how they approach the whole moves and how they even start off. It just comes across very badly. Yeah. Like, and I don't know, I don't get me wrong, like, even though I do what I do and it's serious for me, like, I take it seriously. When I go to the club, I don't take it that seriously. Like, even if it looks like I'm taking it seriously, I'm still having fun yeah. with it. Like, because that's something that I love to do. It's not just, oh, yeah, well, I want to compete or I want to do this or i can show you that i can do this is this that this is how i'm always going to be yeah a thousand percent and being someone that that studied dance etc how does it feel when people are being competitive i just feel like it's, it feels a bit like i don't know it, to be honest it's fine with me like i can see it i feel like sometimes it comes across a bit shady but i just ignore it anyways because i've been doing dance before this like it's not like obviously most of the gay scene will probably be like oh yeah well he's a bashment dancer but that's what they've seen of what I've showed them, that's not what they've actually generally got sitting down and taking time to actually realise is that I've been dancing for a long time before this. You've been doing it, bitch. Um, 
You've been doing <laughs> it. It's, it's so interesting to talk to you about all this. Um, so every time someone comes on the podcast, we ask them two questions. Um, Ooh, my favourite part. Yeah, it's our favourite part of the podcast. It's where we get the real tea. So um, the first question is, what advice would you give to someone that is about to come out on the gay scene? Maybe it's their first night out to Urban World or Booty. What advice would you give? My advice to a person that's about to come out to like the rave for their first time is don't let no one walk over you and just live your life and do what you're doing. Like when you come in the rave, don't be you don't have to worry about anyone watching you or anything. Like just as long as you're like you, then yeah, that's the best advice I can give you. A thousand percent. And what do you mean by like don't let anyone walk all over you? Because you have like some people on the scene who are just kind of like try to bully people from like the jump from when they first like especially if they look at you and you see that you're not um like if you look if you don't look really approachable or like if you yeah like if you've got like a like if you've got a normal resting bitch face or something yeah and someone's looking at you they could take it in the wrong way sometimes like and that's just them wanting to start drama because they've never seen you before or you got the ones that usually like like the way you look so they run over to you and beg friend like just be observant yeah that's the most important line, yeah. be observant. Yeah. We're watching Literally. all you bitches. <laughs> We're being observant. We have the eyes out. For real, we are. I'm not watching anybody, I'm minding my <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm all up in the tea, girl. <laughs> but you want to ask your question? Do you have like a scene story? Like a story that of like something that's happened on a night out? It can be a messy story. It can be like just something funny that you've done that you've drunk, but it has to be on the scene. And what we want some good tea, girl. Yeah, we want some tea. Um, we have a scene story. We advise no names, hmm. but we're not going to tell you what um, to do. No, I'm just, just you know, the thing is, yeah, I'm not really a messy person, but like, I'd say one of the, the most like things I've seen on scene, like messiest things I've seen on scene is like when the gays are fighting oh. in the roads and they're rolling on the floors and stuff. I'm just usually in the back or someone's recording on Snapchat and I'll be walking through their Snapchat or something. But other than that, I'm just like, I keep myself to myself. Like I haven't really had a messy moment. There's been one time actually I was on head top dancing and then I felt like I was about to throw up and then I almost threw up so I had to come off head top. But <laughs> <laughs> that's the one messy, that's another messy thing that happened. But other than that, I've been good. I've you been just stick to good. the dancing. You've been well behaved. Yeah, I've been well behaved. I literally I wish I haven't. Stuck to the dancing and well behaved because boy, I. Got <laughs> <so much. laughs> he he. I've got my ass beat so much time. Nah. <laughs> Talking about fights, yeah. I remember. Was you there that one time in Urban World when there was just a massive fight in the middle from out of nowhere? Oh yeah, I know them. I know them that had the fight. <laughs> And it was like the second or third time I ever went to Urban World. And I was just dancing, minding my own business. Because these days, the stage was open for anyone to go yeah. on. So I was there, brooking off my back. And I look and, oh my gosh, it was the biggest fight I have ever seen. Yeah, they, <laughs> that's, I feel like that's, there's been a few fights I've seen there. But that one was one of the biggest ones I've seen. And it, it's just like, do I carry on dancing? Or or do I just watch or do I just go down there and see what's going on? <laughs> Because <laughs> literally, I stopped dancing and ran over to the edge of the stage to see who it was. And then when I knew who it was, I was like, oh, for goodness sakes, I'm going to have to go and dance. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Do you want to shout out where people can find you and check out your videos, etc.? 
Okay, cool. Um, well, you can find me on Instagram at Carter the Bandit. You can also find me on YouTube, Carter the Bandit as well. And Twitter, that is his the bandit, H-I-S, the bandit. And um, Snapchat, Carter the Bandit. <laughs> and thank you for having me, by the way. Everyone, go and follow him. You may feel a bit jealous, yeah, that you can't broke off your back like that, but do you know what? But it's just... okay if you watch. You will learn. <laughs> yeah, just watch, just watch and practice. We're in a lockdown. I've been practicing, I you haven't. know, for when the club's open, yeah. No, Shabbat, I've been doing my stretches. Oh, uh, yeah, I've been doing my stretches because I I've... swear to God, when the club's yeah. open, I'm doing the splits again. I've stopped, but I'm, I'm coming out of retirement. Yes, I've been doing the most. Thank you again. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. On your gaydar discussing all things LGBT, be sure to follow us on social media. It's at On Your Gaydar across all socials. On Your Gaydar Spotlight. So this is the part of the podcast where we spotlight an LGBT brand, platform, event, just someone that's doing great things for the community. This week, we have Andrina Leanne on the line who runs a poetry open mic night called Poetry LGBT. Hello, Andrina. Hi. Hi, thanks for having me. Hello. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> so, again, the reason why you're here is to talk about your LGBT poetry open mic night. So how did that even start? Um, poetry LGBT started in January 2015. And it started because in 2014, I was going to different poetry nights in London. Um, my girlfriend, Jermaine, she was interested in poetry at the time. And I wasn't, I thought poetry was boring, to be honest with you. Um, but I wanted to do something that she was interested in. Um, so we went round to different poetry nights in 2014. And what we found was there wasn't, there wasn't really anything for the LGBT community at that time. There was only one other event called Insight Poetry, but there wasn't anything specifically for the black LGBT community. But I think it's really important to have spaces like that for us so that we can feel comfortable sharing our experiences and, you know, feeling like there is a space for us to be ourselves. And a lot of the people who come to Poetry LGBT, they're not out. A lot of their family don't know about their sexuality. So so how do you, how do you handle that? Like, how do you handle keeping people anonymous and not being able to have a photographer? How is that for you? Well, in the beginning of each event, I would say, to, you know, we have, an, we have a photographer. If Please let us know if you don't want to be included in the photographs. Or what they would do, because there's so many people, what they might do is go towards the back that's so that they're, they're only the people at the front are being photographed. So before you go, um, you're working on a project at the moment called the Birthday Box Initiative. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that, please? Yeah, it's called My Birthday Box. Um, it came about a week before my daughter's 18th birthday. She was 18 on the 27th of April. And we were having a conversation together about about her birthday and how she feels about celebrating it in in this lockdown um, COVID-19 sort of time that we're living in right now. And 
yeah it just sparked off from a conversation I said to her what about all of those children who can't even think about celebrating a birthday because their parents can't afford it their parents are having to think about putting food on the table and paying bills and things like that a birthday is going to be a last you know last on the priority list and um so we were talking about it and I said, you know what, I think it would be a really nice idea if we created birthday boxes and brought them to food banks so that people who are coming to food banks to collect food, if their child has a birthday during that week or that month, they could pick up a free birthday That's box. Brilliant. Well done. Well done. Seriously. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been amazing talking to you. Do you want to just tell everyone one more time where they can check out um, the LGBT poetry and where they can check out my birthday box. Yeah, so Poetry LGBT, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Poetry LGBT. Um, my Instagram is survivor.andrina.leanne and the birthday box, my birthday box is on Instagram, my.birthday.box and please donate on our Just Giving page. It's my birthday box on the Just Giving page as well. Thank you so much Thank you. again. On your gaydar discussing all things LGBT, be sure to follow us on social media. It's at On Your Gaydar across all socials.